And praise the Lord, everybody. What a real, real treat. And, and I say this um, with all sincerity, a true honor for uh, my wife, Kimberly, and I to have the privilege of being here in Pasadena on this uh, 4th of July weekend, a weekend where we celebrate the freedom and liberty of our country. And um, to just spend that couple hours here and worship to our great God with this great church. And we have been looking forward to this for some time now when your pastor uh, extended the invitation uh, to me to come out and participate in the uh, youth camp here this coming week and then inviting me to come and be with this great church. I just jumped at it. Uh, you know, you don't have to think real long or hard to accept an invitation to come to Southern California and, and be among great people. And so if you could not tell already, I'm not from out here, obviously. Um, I'm from the um, swamps of Louisiana, if my accent has not betrayed me yet. But um, it is good to, good to be here among God's people. And I feel the presence of the Lord. And I give honor to your great pastor and, and his wife and family. This church is blessed to have the leadership that it does the helm of it and not every church can say that but this church can and you are a blessed people because of it and um, it's just an honor to be here and also I saw across the way an old friend of mine AJ um, good to see you man we went to school together and um, we probably got stories on each other that neither one of us pro would want to um, share with anyone else but no it's good to see him and I'd be here with him as well. I want to direct your attention to Mark, the first chapter, Gospel of Mark, chapter number one. I'm going to begin reading at verse number 32 and just read three verses of Scripture. We'll go down through verse number 34. And um, when you get there, just say amen. Amen. Mark, the first chapter, beginning at verse number 32, says, And at even... When the sun did set, they brought unto him, this is Jesus, obviously here, all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And Jesus healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because... They knew him. And for the next few moments, I want to draw our attention to that very first phrase in the 32nd verse. Simply says, at evening when the sun did set. And that's going to be my topic for the next few moments here today. Could you just sit your Bibles down and one last time raise your hands and your voices and ask God to do something supernatural over the course of these next few moments. Can we in Jesus' name, we thank you very much, God, for what you've done. We thank you so much for how you've moved and what you've done already. I pray, God, that you would reach down and move in this house these remaining moments, let the power of God settle in on us. You know every need, you know every heart, you know every situation that is represented here today. And I'm asking you to do what only you can and let the supernatural hand 
of God operate, Lord. I pray that we would not only have ears to hear what you would say to the church, Lord, but that we would open our lives and our hearts and that we would be not only challenged, but changed and transformed by your power and by your spirit. And we will give you thanks for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together one more time before you're seated and give God a praise. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We find here in the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, he introduces us to the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. If you would take time to just skim right back up a few verses, you'll find that Jesus has just launched into his ministry of preaching and teaching the coming kingdom of heaven. He had just recently, just a few verses prior to this, passed by um, the brothers of James and John as well as Peter and Andrew who were cleaning their nets and he extended the call to them to come and follow him, to lay down their nets, to forsake everything that they knew and to follow him and he would make them fishers of men and that's exactly what they did. Jesus began to travel throughout the region of Galilee and preach and teach into every community that he would come into. He was relatively unknown at this particular time in his ministry. He was not enjoying the fame of what would later come as crowds would gather around him because he had just begun to teach. He had only worked a few miracles prior to this. He had, in fact, obviously turned the water into wine at the wedding of Canaan. But he had just begun his ministry. And he arrives at the small community of Capernaum. And it just so happened that it was the Sabbath day. And so he made his way to the synagogue where a few of the religious folk in that community had gathered to hear the scribes of that town teach and preach to them from the law of Moses. And Jesus, at some point in that period, got up and he himself began to teach those people that day that had gathered in the synagogue of the coming kingdom. And man, did he ever make an impression. This was someone that these people had never met, but he just kind of arrived out of nowhere with a few followers. And he stood and began to teach things unlike they had ever heard them taught before. Uh, Mark records and tells us that as Jesus was teaching of the kingdom of God, that there were people there that began to say to themselves, Never a man spoke as as this man has spoken. Uh, even the scribes who have studied the law and have literally trained their entire lives and know the law of Moses like the back of their hand, they have never told us things like this man named Jesus. They were sitting there awestruck and sitting on the edge of their seats listening to him describe and preach about the kingdom of God. Somewhere in the middle of this particular setting, 
the Bible tells us that there was in fact a man there in the synagogue that was possessed with demonic spirits. And the demonic spirits in this man knew who it was. Everyone else was oblivious to the fact, but this man who was plugged into a spiritual realm, who was plugged into a world just as real as the world that you and I are living in right now, yet not seen by the natural eye, knew that this Jesus was none other than the very Son of God made manifest in flesh. He knew the power and the purpose of this man. And so he began to speak out. And Jesus, knowing that these demonic spirits were at work in this man, he looked over at him and he commanded those spirits to release their hold on that man. And the Bible says that those spirits had to obey the voice of Jesus. And in fact, that man was free from demonic possession. Now he's really got their attention. Not only has he spoke of things they've never heard, but right in the middle of this synagogue setting, Jesus has now commanded evil spirits who had held hostage some unfortunate young man to let go of him, and they obeyed. And now they begin to really talk, what kind of man is this? Who is this man that even the spirits are subject unto him? And the Bible says that from that very moment on that his fame began to spread throughout Capernaum and on throughout the region of Galilee. People began to spread word through the community as he dismissed the crowd that Jesus, this man whom we've never heard of, he's a carpenter from Nazareth. He has come and he spoke of things we've never heard of. He he confounded the scribes and the Pharisees. He even freed a man from demonic possession. Could this be the one? Could this in fact be the one that our fathers foretold of in the old times? Could this be the one that the old prophets told us would come? The Messiah, the Son of God, to free us from our our, our demonic possession, to free us from the heavy oppression that Rome has on us, to free us spiritually from our depraved state. Could this be Messiah? Could this be the one? Could Jesus be the one that we've been looking for? We know if He is the one that the prophets said that He would have power over the demonic spirits. The prophets told us that in fact He would open blind eyes, that He would unstop deaf ears, that He would cause the lame to walk. If this is the Messiah, Micah said that He would come with healing in His wings and can you imagine the, the rumors and the, and the talk and the excitement that begin to spread throughout Capernaum? Hey, the one called Jesus, the Messiah, is among us. Hey, the one that, that can work miracles when it seems like all hope is gone. He's come and He's in our city. Word begin to spread and faith begin to build in the community that day. 
As word began to come to homes that maybe had been taken by fear. Homes that had received doctor's reports by some loved one that a doctor said, I can't help you any longer. Whatever disease you have, there's no medicine that, cure, that can cure it. That As word began to spread to homes that housed little boys that were born lame and paralyzed that had never skipped. They didn't know what it was to run and play with their friends. As word began to spread to to houses that had family problems and marital problems. As word began to touch homes that maybe there was an old mom there that had never seen the light of day in her life, blinded from her very birth. As word began to spread, faith began to rise. Hey, if this man is Messiah, I don't have to live another day being blind. If this man is Messiah, if I can just find where he is, if I can just get a moment in his presence, if he's already freed somebody from demonic possession, then I know he can touch my deaf ears. I know that he can touch my little boy that's never run a day in his life. I know that today is a day of the miraculous. But there was a problem that began to develop by the time that word spread throughout Capernaum. The Bible lets us know that they went down. Jesus had already left the synagogue. He had, in fact, retired to the home of Peter and Andrew, who had a house there in the city limits. He had already retired for the evening. As a matter of fact, the Bible lets us know that it was evening time, that the sun was setting, and the people were beginning to settle in for the night. It was the time where people would kind of kick back and begin to take rest for the next day. I don't believe it's an accident that the Bible lets us know that it was evening and the sun was setting. Because you see, a sunset is symbolic of finality in our lives. Whenever we stand and we peer at a beautiful sunset here in Southern California, as it goes down over the horizon, we understand and we realize that we'll never have that day back. We understand that no matter what events transpired in that day, no matter whether they were good or bad, whether whether we had a great time or whether we missed opportunities that we wish we could relive, no matter what happens, whether it was happy or we live it with regrets, we cannot go back. We cannot undo anything. We cannot unsay anything. We cannot go back and take advantage of missed opportunities. And when we see the sun go down, we understand that that day is over it's finished we can't go back and it was symbolic of what was these people's situations and lives because you see Jesus was going to wake up early the next morning before sun up with his disciples and he was to leave Capernaum and he was going down to the next town in Galilee and there he would preach and teach again this was their only opportunity this particular Sabbath day was the the only chance these people in Capernaum had to get to Jesus. But unfortunately, by the time they realized that he was there and by the time they realized who he was and what he could do, the sun had set and the evening was drawn nigh. Jesus had left the church. He had gone home to Peter's house and he was getting ready for bed. He was weary. He was tired. He needed some rest for the long day's journey ahead. They had missed their moment of opportunity to get what they needed from him. 
The sun was going down and what once was a charged environment, what once was a place that was filled with faith, what once was a, a, a community that knew that they had Messiah in their midst and that he was going to work great miracles. Now they were faced with the reality that they missed their moment. They found out too late. Circumstances beyond their control prevented them from getting to where Jesus was. And now what once was a, a, a community charged with faith, it began to wane and it began to seep out of them as they realized they had missed their only opportunity. They would now have to live their life hearing the testimonies of other people in other places that in fact received their miracle. They were now going to have to live their life hearing about the great wonders that He would do somewhere else and for somebody else. People would try and comfort those that needed a touch in their body that missed it and tried to just say, okay, well, we don't understand. You know, life's unfair and and you're just going to have to live with the reality that your life is always going to be this way. It's it's final. It's done. Your only opportunity to meet Jesus is gone and, and you missed it. You just get ready, get ready, get ready. Get your mind set. Get your house in order. Your life will always be this way. You'll always live with this disappointment. And I don't know who it was as people began to go back into their homes and tears trickling down their cheeks, understanding that they had missed their opportunity. I don't know who it was, but somebody in that little community, something triggered in them. And as everybody started to head back toward their house, somebody stepped up and said, Hey, I don't know about everybody else. People may be willing to accept the finality of this whole scenario, but I've got a need in my body, and I know that only Jesus can meet it. The doctors hasn't been able to help me. My lawyers hasn't been able to do anything for me. People's written me off, said, I'll never get over this. He's my only hope. And everybody else may be content to go back home. And they may not want to bother Jesus. But you mark it down as long as he's in this town. I don't care if he's in the synagogue or if he's already in bed at Peter's house. I'm going to find him wherever he is. Because I know if he is who they say he is, he's got the power to work a miracle in my life. It don't need to be in the middle of the day in a church house. But in the middle of the night on the dusty streets of Capernaum, I still believe he's got power. So they begin to make their way to where he is. And somebody said, hey, where are you going? Well, I'm going to where Peter is. If that's where Jesus is, I'm going to his house. Well, if you're going, I'm going. I've got something. And the Bible says that a parade began to form throughout the dusty streets of that little community. And by the time they got to the house, Mark tells us that the whole city had gathered there at the door of Peter. And they knocked on the door. And Jesus came to it. Maybe, I don't know, he was already in his PJs getting ready for bed. But whatever he did, he looked out there and saw that there was a group of people with needs that said, I'm not going to let the fact that the sun's gone down, I'm not going to let the fact that it's nighttime and people says just accept the day as it is and go home like you always went home and just live your life like it's always been. I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to come to where Jesus is. And his heart was moved on with compassion. And the Bible says he 
he threw that door open. He stepped out into those streets and he began to lay hands on people. And he opened blinded eyes. And he unstopped deaf ears. And he touched lame people. And he freed people from demonic possession. And God worked a miracle in the middle of the night in the streets of Capernaum for a group of people that said, I refuse to accept my situation and my circumstance as final. I've come to new life here in Pasadena on this Sunday afternoon to tell somebody you may have walked in this house. You may have come in here and feeling like that the whole world is against you. You may feel like that the odds are so stacked against you. There's no way out of your circumstance. People that's come here and the sun's gone down in your life. You're going through the darkest hour you've ever walked. You can't even see the next step in front of you. You've exhausted all of your options. People's tried to comfort you and say, there's just no hope. You're just going to have to get used to the idea. Your life's always going to be this way. But I've come to tell you that you don't have to live like, my God, you don't have to live like that any longer. You don't have to listen to the voice of doubt any longer. In your darkest hour, Jesus can step in. In your darkest moment, He can be found. And He can work a miracle in your life. Somebody put your hands together and give God praise for that. At evening, when the sun went down... I want us to understand that two things that I believe Mark is wanting to communicate to us. Just two quick points and I'm done. The first is, I've already mentioned it. You've got a God that can be found at night. You may feel like there's no way that God could touch you right now. Others may have tried to explain why it's impossible for you to get your miracle. Or why it's impossible for God to work your marriage out. Or why it's impossible for God to free you from that addiction that's held you hostage so long. But I want somebody to understand that it's never too far gone for God. It's never too dark in your life for God to step in and work a miracle. It's never too late for the master of the universe your God and Creator to step in your life and say be healed and to put your marriage back together again. It's never too dark. It's never too late. God can work a miracle in your darkest hour. (laughs) Those disciples, they understood it when they found that Jesus put them in a ship and sent them across the Sea of Galilee. He told them, I'll meet you on the other side. I'm going to stay back and pray. And in the middle of the night, the Bible says, as they're crossing that great sea, a storm came out of nowhere. Much like your life and my life, everything's smooth sailing for a while. But out of nowhere, a storm came up in the middle of the night. And it wasn't just some tiny little...
little rainstorm, but this was a tumultuous, tumultuous storm that began to blow and, and rock that ship from side to side. The wind was contrary, the Bible says, and it began to raise up waves in that sea that crashed against that boat of those fishermen. These were professional fishermen. They were used to storms on sea, but they knew this was a different sort. This was a different type. They felt the impact of those waves as they crashed against their vessel. They knew that it would be only a few moments until that that boat, that boat would buckle under the weight and the pressure of those waves and the wind. They understood that they were in a hopeless situation. They understood that nobody could get to where they were. The Coast Guard wasn't around to save them. They couldn't helicopter out and lift them out of their circumstance. There was nobody that could get to where they were. They understood that all hope was gone. But Peter, somewhere in the middle of that storm, he looked up over the bow of that sinking boat. And what he saw was something more than the wind. What he saw was something more than the clouds and the darkness and the waves. But what he saw was the image of a man. And it was likened to the Son of God, the Bible says. And he was walking on the waves of that storm. The thing that was about to take them out. The thing that was about to take them under. Jesus said, if you'll just look up to where I am. The thing that you think's going to kill you. I've got the power to walk right on top of it. And get to where you are. And speak a word of peace and salvation. Somebody hear me this morning. I don't care how bad it is. God can get to where you are. And He can calm the storm. And get you out. And save you today. <laughs> That's why you ought never let the devil get your praise. The psalmist said, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. You see, there in the Old Testament was a class of singers and praisers that was appointed to the night shift of the temple. When everybody else went home after the sun went down and accepted the finality of the day and tried to get some rest to wake up to a new one, there was a class and sect of praisers that when everybody else accepted the finality of it, they said, we're going to get up and we're going to the temple and we're not going there to mamby pamby cry and whine and moan. But in the middle of the night, we're going to lift our hands and we're going to bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times, David said. Somebody needs to understand that even in your darkest hour, if you can find the strength, if you can find the faith to lift your hands and say, it may be night. But blessed be the name of the Lord. The storm is raging, but I believe He's still able. It may be raging in my life, but I know that God is able to touch me in the darkest hour of my life. Somebody praise Him right now. 
Somebody praise Him. Why don't we stand together and lift our hands like those praisers of the temple, which by night you may be going through a dark time. You may be feeling like there's no way out. But I'm telling you right now that God knows where you are. He can reach in in your weakest moment. He can reach in in your most desperate hour and work a miracle. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hear me, somebody. It's never too late. It's never too far gone. Today, today is the day of salvation. It don't matter how dark it is. Some of you need to stop waiting for God to get everything lined up just right. Some of you need to stop waiting until you can fix everything before you feel like God can work a miracle. Before you're perfect and before you get everything lined up. You think you've got to live your life a certain way before God can move. I've come to tell somebody that in your weakest, darkest, most difficult hour, God can step in and He final thing as I close just remain standing that I want you to understand is that God sees differently than you and I see. The Bible says He's declared the end from the beginning and the things that are not as though they were. You see, God is eternal. He's not bound by time. You and I are confined to the limitations of time and space, but God lives out beyond all of that. And not only is He not confined by time, but He has a plan and He has a purpose and He has a destiny for each and every one of us. If Scripture is to be believed, the Bible, the psalmist tells us that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. God knows where He wants you. God knows what He's going to do in your life. The problem is we go through things that we feel like is going to crush us and literally take all of our faith. And if we're not careful, we can abandon God's will and God's purpose because He sees from a completely different perspective. You don't have to go very far in Scripture. As a matter of fact, just go to the very first book of your Bible, the very first chapter when God steps into nothing. In the beginning, it was dark. In the beginning, it was void, the Bible says. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was nothing going on. There was nothing happening. But the Spirit of the Lord moved and God spoke and He said, let there be light. And when He spoke those words, it did not matter how dark the night was. It did not matter how thick it was. It did not matter how long it had been there. When He spoke those words, let there be light, it had to flee and give way to the light. 
And the Bible says that He divided the light from the darkness. And He called the darkness night. And He called the light day. And here it is. The evening and the morning were the first day. And if you and I are not careful, we'll just kind of skim on through there and just check it off on our Bible reading chart. And we'll miss what God wants us to get. He sees differently. If you begin to study the Old Testament and the Hebrew people, God actually translated this down to them because He instituted feasts and Passovers. And you'll find that... When they begin to celebrate Passover once a year, the Jewish people did not celebrate Passover when the sun came up on Passover morn. They begin to celebrate it at sunset the day before. When God instituted the Sabbath day, and even today, if you know Orthodox Jews who celebrate Sabbath, you know this, they still practice it today. They don't begin to celebrate Sabbath on Saturday morning at sunrise. They celebrate it Friday evening at sunset. Sabbath begins. The evening and the morning. You see, we think morning and evening, day one. Begins in morning, ends in evening. But God says, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. I see differently than you see. You see, what you see is the end. It is not the at all. From my perspective, it's only the beginning of what I'm going to do in your life. What we see as the end. I've come to tell somebody that what you see is the end in your life. That thing that you thought you would never get over. That addiction you thought you never could break. The marriage that you think will never be restored. I've come to tell you. That doctor may have looked at you just this week and said we can't do anything else to help you. You're just going to have to live your life for the rest of your life like this. I want somebody to hear me today. That what you think is the end. And what everybody else thinks is the end. God's saying if you can just get to where I am in your darkness. If you can just make your way to where I am. In the middle of your darkest hour, I can work a miracle. I can walk on the waves of your storm. I can find you where you are. The darkness doesn't scare him. The darkness isn't too dark for him. But he can bring light. Come on, somebody. Weeping may endure for a night, the Bible says. But if you can just hang on, if you can just keep your faith intact, there's going to come a day when the sun's going to come up over the horizon and your destiny we be fulfilled. God is going to complete and work in your life that only He can complete and work. The reason why it's dark is He's just bringing you to His destiny. I wonder if somebody can step out from where you are and make your way to this altar. I know there's not a whole lot of room up here, but if you're here and you feel like you're at your wit's end, I've come to preach to you. If you can just step out in the middle of your darkness, if you can just step out in the middle of your storm and come down to a Savior and say, God, I can't do it. Nobody else can do it. I've exhausted all of my options, but I'm 
I'm coming to you believing that even in my nighttime, even in my darkness, even in my hopeless hour, I believe that you can work a miracle. I believe that you can set me free. I believe that you can do what nobody else can do. Come on, that's it. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's getting their hope back. Somebody's getting their faith back. Somebody's going to have a miracle before you leave this place today. Somebody's going to walk out of here having your life transformed. Somebody's going to walk out of here experiencing the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. It's not too late. It's not too far gone. God is here. He can and He will give you a miracle in your life. Come on, that's it. Reach out to Him right now. Reach out to Him right now. Lift your hands. Throw your head back and cry out to a God that can be found in your darkest hour. transforming your life here today. It's not too late. It's not over. He's able. Right now. There's virtue flowing through this house right now. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to do what I, I feel right now. If your husband or wife is nearby, I want you to take them by the hand. Some of you have felt like you're at the end of the journey. The Word of God here today says it's just the beginning. Hallelujah. There's something fresh going to come into your relationship, into your marriage right now. If you're near your spouse, get a hold of her hand right now in the name of Jesus. As we're going to pray a prayer. Hallelujah. And I want you to receive the Word of the Lord today and walk out of here with fresh faith. Walk out of here believing something shifting and changing right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God. We first of all speak against the devourer that came to kill, steal, and destroy. And in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, let there be faith infused, Lord Jesus, into the hearts of these married couples, Lord God. Let there be faith to believe, Lord Jesus, that it is not the end, Lord God, but through you, through faith in you, Lord Jesus, this can be the beginning of something fresh, Lord God. This can be the beginning, Lord Jesus, of stepping into our destiny. Lord God, hallelujah, your will can be done. Your glory can be manifest. Come on, lift up your hands and receive the word of the Lord. God gave to us today. Lift up your hands and receive the Lord. Some of you need to receive God's word for your kids. Some of you need to receive God's word today for that situation in your life you've been dealing with. In the name of the Lord, believe God right now. Believe Him. Believe Him. Believe Him. He's able. He's able. our hands and thank him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a visitation of God's presence that we've enjoyed here. Hallelujah. In the house of the Lord today. Amen. Before we leave, I want the the kids and the young people and the children that are going to youth camp, I want you to come up here to the front right now. Just come up right here to the front. We're going to have a word of prayer for you. God's favor and blessing upon you. Come on up right now real quickly. And then, of course, when the service is finished, there will be a quick meeting downstairs for all the parents of the kids and young people that are going to youth camp.